Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It is me, Joey P, Joe P. Zapia, and it's time already, if you can believe it, to look ahead to week two in the NFL. Some fun things happening in week one. Some not some fun things as well. Got that Cleveland upset. That felt really good. The Pittsburgh Steeler one did not go well. Ooh, God. And speaking of not going well, how about those Giants? That was a tough loss there on Sunday Night Football in front of the entire world. But again, it's only week one, so how much are we going to take out of that? And how much are we going to try to take advantage of it in the early lines? That's what today is about. And to help me do it, of course, is Pat Fitzmorris back again, as always, every Monday. And our new best friend, Sam Hoppin, who is also our data analyst wizard, who is going to give you some hard, cold facts based on math and science that are going to help you make some bets. And that sounds like a good thing to me. Uh, Fitzy, I know we kind of talked about this in week one, some of the things that went on there. I got to say the one thing too that really came out of the blue for me was I was stunned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went into Minnesota and won. I didn't think there was any way that that was going to happen. Uh, what was the most surprising outcome of all the games for you in week one? The Bengals getting six first downs, Joe. <laughs> like I, I did not see that one coming at all. You know, like I, Thought that was going to be a pretty close game and it just a completely one-sided affair. So, like, the Bengals are a team I have no idea what to make uh, of as we head into week two right now. All right, Sam, uh, your week one, obviously, uh, tumultuous, I'm sure, like most people's. But was there one thing that was really surprising to you that you just did not see coming that kind of hit you in the face out of nowhere? I mean, it was the Rams over the Seahawks for me. I didn't think the Rams had any shot of putting up more than 10 points against the Seahawks defense and they just put it on them uh, even without Cooper Cup so that was pretty shocking to me and then the the Seahawks offense not really clicking like we had seen it last year yeah so a lot of things to get through and obviously looking at week two we still got one more game to play tonight but that's old news that's history it's time to get ahead of the lines and for you to stay ahead of the lines too, make sure you download the betting pros app that's the way to do that and you can also make sure you get the lap the app excuse me line alerts as well uh, because those are very important when you download that bp app in addition to tracking all of your picks you can also sign up for the movement alerts which are really important so we're going to look at the early lines here but throughout the week things are going to change so you want to set those game notifications so that you're alerted every time a certain line that you've got your eye on moves and they're going to move we always know they might even move during this show but we'll keep you up to date make sure you subscribe to betting pros channel as well uh over on the youtube side because we're always giving away free stuff including an aaron jones jersey he had himself a good game did pull up with a hamstring but that's okay but this Aaron Jones autographed jersey can be yours. All you have to do is subscribe to Betting Pros YouTube, drop a comment below, and click that little bell till it goes ding for notifications. That's it. That's all you got to do. And the Aaron Jones jersey can be yours. We'll be giving away lots of free stuff. More to come on that. But let's get to the games, gentlemen, and let's start here with the Minnesota Vikings and the Eagles. Uh, Thursday night football, so no rest for the weary here. Probably in some ways, Pat, the best thing for the Minnesota Vikings is a short week, not to dwell on that terrible, horrible, no good loss. Uh, if you're looking right now early on here, it looks like the Eagles are seven and a half point home favorites. Minnesota will be going on the road. It's always tough to go on the road, especially early in the year in a short week. So does the seven and a half feel right here and the total at 48 and a half early on? Yeah, I mean, the line feels about right, what it should be at. But uh, I think I'm inclined to lay the points here, Joe. And uh, maybe you were a little more surprised by that uh, Vikings toe stubbing in week one than I was. But they are just, they were so much worse 
than their 2022 record. I mean, they were 11 and 0 in one score games in 2022, which we'll never see happen again. Uh, we'll, we'll never see a team have that kind of record and get outscored on the year. They were a bottom 10 team in terms of overall DVOA. And I think the Eagles can play a lot better than they did in week one. They were outgained by 131 yards by the Patriots. Still came away with the W, but uh, I think they can clean things up and and become more of the well-oiled machine we saw down the stretch last season. So I'm inclined to lay the points. I also kind of like the over because I think the Eagles are going to get it together on offense this week. Well, that's what I was going to bring up here, Sam, because the Eagles only had one offensive touchdown yesterday against the Patriots. Now, Patriots defense is always going to come ready to play. You know, it was raining too up in Foxborough. A lot of factors, Tom Brady day, all the things happening. But do you think maybe the seven and a half is giving the Eagles too much credit because that offense did not look great out of the gate here in week one? I don't think it's giving them too much credit. I mean, last year we saw Philadelphia and Minnesota play in prime time, and we all know how that disaster turned out for Minnesota. So I think that line is about right. I'm probably not touching it because I I do think that Minnesota has, you know, a chance with potentially Philadelphia's offense sleeping a little bit uh, maybe could wake up this Thursday night but I really like the over in this game Minnesota's offense was moving the ball pretty decently uh, yesterday and they had a couple of costly turnovers in Tampa Bay's territory so that stifled their drives quite a bit so I think both of these offenses are going to be fine I think it could be a high scoring shootout potential game All right, Green Bay and Atlanta, the next one on the docket here. We still have uh, some time to get some clarity about what's going on with Aaron Jones and that injury, as we mentioned before. Uh, So far, it looks like you're getting this number somewhere between one, one and a half, uh, obviously on the Green Bay side of things. Jordan Love did look pretty good in that game. The total for this number right now is around 40, 40 and a half and some other spots here on bettingpros.com. Sam, your thoughts here. Do you see any early value on this game here? Uh, Atlanta and Green Bay both coming off wins yesterday. I'm going to try to take my Green Bay bias out of this and look at the fact that Atlanta's defense is is much better than Chicago's. And so I think that's what will keep this game closer. I do think that the under could probably be in, in play here, even though it is pretty low. I think it's sitting right around 40 points right now. And it could just be one of those grinded out games with two offenses that have inexperienced quarterbacks against defenses that played pretty well in week one. The the Packers defense played uh, better than I think a lot of people expected being able to hold that Bears offense to just 20 points, get the pick six as well. So I slightly lean the Packers on the side just knowing that I, I I expect Aaron Jones to be able to play. I think they didn't r- rush him back in the game Sunday because they had the game in hand at that point. So I think hopefully having Christian Watson back this week as well would be huge for that offense too. All right. So as the Packers uh, may or may not be healthy this week, uh, Pat, you see any early value on this line here in this game in Atlanta? Yeah. Um, so just before we started recording the show, the Packers were minus one on DraftKings. And I think that there would only be uh, one way this line would move if Aaron Jones were to be ruled out and like it would go to the Falcons. I think they would be even money at worst, maybe favored if that happened. Um, 
Sam mentioned how well the Packers' defense played, and, and we're both Packers fans. Yes, they did play really well against the Bears. The trouble is the Packers are better against the pass than the run defensively. And we know the Falcons are going to run the ball well, and the Packers have not had a good run defense for years now. So um, that's kind of concerning to me, uh, the effectiveness of their offensive balance if they don't have Aaron Jones is concerning to me because as we were talking about before the show I don't think AJ Dillon is very good um so like I'm inclined to take the Falcons in the money line here and uh kind of staying away from the total like I just I would want to bet the over but I'm not betting the over on Falcons games with Arthur Smith there they just run the ball too much um if anything I would take the over but I don't think I'm gonna play it here yeah, the under sounds interesting, especially with that pace of play and how run heavy they were. Uh, and you have to imagine that would carry over again this week at home, too, with Algier and Bijan Robinson. The Bears are going to travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so the Bucs go home conquering heroes of Minnesota. Uh, minus two and a half here on the Bucs side. They are favorites. 43 and a half is basically that number you're getting on this total. Pat, I'm going to ask you this straight up. Do you think the wrong team is just favored in this game? It seems that way, Joe. And normally one of my favorite bets is the team coming off a bitter defeat against the team that's fat and happy coming off a a satisfying victory. But I was so thoroughly unimpressed with the Bears passing game and the design of it yesterday. Like screen passes are great to dial up, but when you're throwing 80% of, uh, you know, 80% of your playbook is screen passes, they're not going to work as well. And like they were just... There was so little, such a one-dimensional Bears passing game. Um, So I was kind of nervous about that, and I'm not really ready to touch this one. Yeah, I can understand that. This one has a lot of curiosity to it. You know, the Bears coming off that... Uh, that tough loss here, the Buccaneers coming off a huge unexpected win. To me, this is one of those dangerous trap games where people just automatically will start buying in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it feels like the line's telling us that. But Sam, should we be listening? I I, I mean, I, I think Chicago is the pick here. There looks like they're right around minus two and a half, heavily favored uh, towards that, and then minus three at some books. If, if you can get, uh, excuse me, that's for Tampa Bay. If Chicago is plus three, I think I'd take that. They have, in my opinion, the the better quarterback than than Tampa Bay. They, on the flip side of the the Minnesota turnovers, were the beneficiary of those turnovers from Minnesota. So I think this is a bit of an overreaction to a one game sample. I think on the total, the the Bucks have probably more talented players, but I think as a team, the Bears are the better rated team right now. Speaking of overreactions, uh, the Detroit Lions uh, went in on Thursday night, kicked off the season with a huge upset win over the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions. Five and a half points. They are favored now over the Seattle Seahawks, who lost at home to the Los Angeles Rams. And a lot of people did not think that was going to help. So uh, a lot of, uh, again, odd circumstances here in some of these week two games, this being one of them. So the Lions, five and a half point favorites. Fifty and a half is the number right now. Um when you're looking at this here, Sam, do you see any early value here potentially? And uh, do you think maybe the Lions aren't as good as we saw and maybe the Seahawks are better than we saw week one? This is what I'm not quite sure about right now. Seattle lost both of their tackles during the game on Sunday. I That said, I don't think Detroit's offense was at its peak performance and, and think they could really push it against Seattle 
this week, like we saw Los Angeles do yesterday. So I think if I had to choose one, it would be Detroit mine, uh, with the points, but it's it's close right now, and I, I think I would stay away right now. Okay, Pat, are you staying away right now from this line and waiting to see where things go? I am, Joe. I'm staying away. It's another case of a team coming off a bitter loss versus a team <laughs> fat and happy after a big win. Um, but Fat man, and happy just, with extra time off, too. Well, extra right, time that's to prepare, the thing. Too. Right, the Lions have some extra prep time. As Sam mentioned, Seattle's got some key uh, infrastructure-type injuries. So I'm probably going to avoid this one. Like It's a game where I want to bet Seattle, but I just don't have the confidence to do it. Now, Pat, barring catastrophic injuries, I'm not going to take too much out of tonight's game, the Monday night game that we have ahead of us here when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. So far, the Buffalo Bills are nine and a half point favorites at home against the Raiders. So as long as Josh Allen and the Bills are intact when they come home, I don't really care what happens to this game. I know there's going to be a lot of emotion running through that building. It was 9-11. It was New York. It was the first Aaron Rodgers debut for the New York Jets as their new quarterback. So, so much happening in that game. So I'm just not going to take too much out of it. That being said, the Raiders also pulled out a sneaky victory. This feels like a smash game here, the nine and a half. The total on this game is 48. But Pat, do you think this early in the season that a margin this big is actually too much to give anybody? I think it is, especially if the Bills have a a big week one victory over a division rival. I could see them having a letdown game in week two at home against Mm. the Raiders, a game they probably think they can just show up for and win. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sam, when you're looking at this too, again, the nine and a half is a big number here. Do you think you wait on this one and see if the Bills put a hurting on the Jets and it gets even bigger and then maybe take the Raiders side to cover? I don't know that there is a game outcome tonight that will drastically change things from the the Bills perspective, barring a a massive injury, like you said, whether it's to, God forbid, Josh Allen or or someone else on on the offense. But it is such a big line to lay this early in the season where again we saw some crazy things happen in week one crazy things are going to happen again in week two and so i i don't want either side of this i think the over in this game is a little bit more interesting because i think buffalo has the firepower las vegas again played decently on offense last uh last night and i don't think buffalo's defense is as strong as as people expect them to be so I, I would lean the over and staying away from sides right now. Okay. And and just so everybody knows too, you know, as you continue to make these look ahead bets here, if you do see things that you like and you want to get in on them, make sure you're sticking all your sports books to betting pros. That's how you get it done. That's how you get the best lines here because there will be movement after tonight's game. You want to stay ahead of that. And also we want you to start betting with us and start winning some free stuff because we've got that NFL contest that's running here. So if you haven't already, join it. Bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. It's free to join and we're giving away free stuff. If you already have the app, all you do is click that community tab on the Betting Pros app and just go right to the NFL contest. Join it. All you have to do, make five NFL picks every single week, 100 throughout the season. The grand prize winner is going to get an autographed Jackson Smith and Jigba jersey, the rookie sensation for the Seattle Seahawks. We're also giving away swag from Fantasy Pros, from Betting Pros, as well as one-year premium upgrades to both apps. So weekly winners, monthly winners, overall winners but everybody wins because it's free and we're picking games and it's a good time and later on this week we'll see who we the uh the top dogs are so go join the nfl contest over at betting pros it's easy to do and it's free and it's fun and that those are all good things 
all good things. Uh, not so good things here for the Chargers. Uh, a, a tough loss there. Um, a PI that probably a lot of people could do without. There was like 7,000 flags thrown on that play. It was one of the most amazing things. My daughter, who is a, a young football player herself, laughed out loud. She said, do they have any more flags to throw when she watched that happen? It was the funniest thing. And I said, no, I don't think they do, dear. I don't think they do. Uh, but regardless, the Chargers will try to get their season back together. They are, again three-point underdogs going into Tennessee. Tennessee's favorite at, uh, excuse me, they're three-point favorites, pardon me, going on the road to Tennessee. Uh, 45 and a half is the number for this one. Uh, Sam, when you're looking at this one here, I think on paper, we all agree the Chargers offense is much more interesting and much more explosive. Is it just as simple as that? Or, you know, do we see a better version of Ryan Tannehill? Because yesterday was not good. Did not complete a lot of his passes. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and him didn't seem to get on the same page either. So do you think the Chargers go in here and smash and take out their aggression from that Miami game? Or do they run into a team at home in the Titans that is going to be prepared and kind of bring them down to their level? And that's what Mike Vrabel does best. I think the, the Chargers go in and lay it on them. I, I think that titans showed to us this offseason drafting will levis what they sort of think of ryan Tannehill long term obviously this is a one game sample from from this year but he did not look great at all and the chargers defense is nothing to write home about they got blasted by tua and the dolphins yesterday but i just think the chargers are going to be able to put up 24 plus points against tennessee you know, Derek Carr didn't play great and the Saints were able to move the ball pretty effectively against Tennessee's defense. So I'm laying the, the charges with the points here. Pat, this is one again on paper. It looks pretty obvious. I know they're you know, the home underdog is something we always love to go for. But did you see anything in that Titans game yesterday that gave you confidence that they could pull off an upset here against the Chargers at home? Oh, boy, Joe, I sure didn't. Um, <laughs> Tannehill looked Every bit as bad as the stat line would suggest. Sure uh, the Titans offensive line, a, a lot of people thought it would be the worst in the league, and I see no reason to dispute that assessment after what we saw in week one. Um, and it just seems like the Chargers would have superior firepower. But that said, I cannot bring myself to bet against Mike Vrabel at home, a Mike Vrabel coach team at home. Like, I just I can't do it. I do think there's a chance that Vrabel can turn this into a, uh, a mud wrestling match and uh, bring the Chargers down to the Titans level. So I'm probably going to avoid this one. It just it gives me a queasy feeling betting on the Chargers as a road dog here. And we know the Chargers tortured history, right? <laughs> Somehow this is going to be a close game. Well, that's, and, uh, that, they're going to find a way to lose. Like, oh, this, and that's that's why I'm always so skeptical of the Chargers when they're obvious favorites or just it just never seems to work out when it's too good to be true for them. And speaking of staying in the mud, we might as well just, you know, hang out there and talk about the Texans taking on the Colts here. Uh, Texans are at home. Again, this number kind of fluctuating. It seems like the Texans are one point favorites in some spots. Again, this line is one that's probably going to be volatile here. Anthony Richardson did get banged up here at the end of that game. So a little bit more clarity on that injury will make everybody feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, you saw Richardson run a lot. 
I'd like to see him slide a little bit more. That's one one caveat there. It's really hard to take too much out of that CJ Stroud performance too. On the road in Baltimore, really hostile environment, tough place to play no matter for anybody, let alone a rookie. So Pat, the number's 40 and a half here. Do you think you stick with this year and maybe play the under on the 40 and a half with these two offenses that you know seem like they're trying to figure things out? Because some sloppy play really led to the Colts being in that game that maybe they shouldn't have been quite so close in. Oh, look at this, Joe. We're early in the season and we're on the same page already. We didn't even talk about this pre-show and uh, you mentioned it. The only thing I would touch in this game would be the under. And especially with the Houston offensive line so banged up, I think they were down three starters yesterday and uh, it kind of showed on offense against the Ravens like Stroud played better than I thought he would considering the state of his offensive line. Um, But yeah, Richardson is banged up like this is just not going to be a pretty game offensively. Um, I don't really want to watch this game, let alone bet aside. So I might just put the bet on the uh, on the under not pay any attention and, uh, you know, see if I made any money come three o'clock central time on Sunday. <laughs> Sam, typically this, you know, part in the season two where teams are still ramping up, the unders tend to come in a little bit more historically speaking. Do you think this is one of those instances with this game here? It is. And I think Houston, Houston's defense is probably the best unit of all of them on that, that are going to be on the field on Sunday. They held the Ravens offense to a negative expected points added per drop back. On Sunday, a success rate of only 39%. They pressured Lamar Jackson on 39% of his dropbacks and sacked him on 15%. So I think with the Colts offensive line and, you know, as good as Anthony Richardson is at avoiding sacks, I mean, you could have said the same thing about Lamar Jackson and they were able to get to him. So I do think with this low of a total, obviously the Colts side of things comes into play as a potential teaser leg if you want to do that pushing them out to seven and a half if they're plus one and a half on your book baltimore ravens and lamar jackson are now going to travel after a big win against houston last week they're going to travel to cincinnati who let's be honest did not look good and this is a fascinating situation here so the Bengals get the three right now everyone's just kind of sitting and waiting here and for those of you don't remember the Bengals came out of the gate slow last year too oh and two uh joe burrow never seems to have a normal offseason no matter what happens so i for one sam i'm just not going to take too much out of this uh the Bengals are favorites i think they should be favorites i think the Bengals are going to win this football game at the end of the day uh the number for this game is 45 and a half i don't see any early value on this I was hoping that we we would see potentially maybe over the week that people would start to maybe bet the Ravens and all of a sudden this number would move a little bit and maybe it will. Do you think this game does move as people have more time to sit with how bad Joe Burrow and the Bengals were? Or do you think they're just going to believe in how good Joe Burrow and the Bengals have been and this number is going to hold? I think it stays about the same. I mean, the one big question on the Ravens side is Mark Andrews' health is decent as the Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman played in the game in Houston. I just mentioned how poor they were on a a per dropback basis. I mean, the the Bengals are favored by three at home, depending on how much you account towards home field advantage that makes this almost close to a pick on a neutral field and that's sort of where it feels like these teams are just you know the Ravens offense didn't look great even though it's you know this new explosive offense from Todd Monken the Bengals looked absolutely atrocious but 
on the whole, I think we we expect the Bengals to come back. So I honestly think this line is right about perfect where it is right now, both the total and the side. So I'm not touching it right now. I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens with Mark Andrews and then uh, potentially playing the Ravens. Yeah, that's the interesting play is if, if Andrews' health gets better, maybe you do go the opposite side and maybe it's another 0-2 start for the Bengals, Pat. Uh, but I'm kind of where Sam is, which is this just feels right. I still believe in the Cincinnati Bengals. One bad week is not going to change that for me, especially with the bad weather, especially with the ferocious pass rush with Miles Garrett that they have and a guy who was really, you know, just trying to get back in action. And you could tell things were just off. They were out of sync. And I can only imagine a full healthy week of practice. Hopefully things get better for the Bengals. But how do you see this one, Pat? Yeah, and we know that week one is often sort of an extension of the preseason with how little the starters play in the new three-week NFL preseason. Um, but man, I, I just cannot bet the Bengals after what I saw yesterday. And I watched a lot of that game, even though the Bengals offense was making my eyeballs bleed. Like, I just uh, subjected myself to that torture. And... um. The six first downs. Oh, my goodness. I, I just have a hard time believing they can suddenly stomp the gas pedal and kick it in against a good Ravens defense. And like I'd be all the more eager to take this game if I thought if I was totally confident Lamar Jackson could take advantage of the Bengals safeties. You know, they no longer have Jesse Bates back there who was intercepting passes for the Falcons yesterday. They've no longer got Von Bell back there. So, um. Man, as much as the Ravens passing game looked out of sync, everyone except Zay Flowers at least yesterday, like I, I want to play the Ravens in this game because I just, I have a hard time. Like the Ravens do not play many clunkers. It's pretty rare for the Ravens to go out there and lay an egg. They're usually going to give you their best shot under John Harbaugh. And I just don't know if the Bengals can take a good punch uh, with the way they looked in week one. Interesting. I, you know, all offseason, Pat, I talked about it. I was like, losing Von Bell and Jesse Bates, I think, is a little... Everyone kept telling me, that's okay, you're getting younger and more athletic. And maybe that's true, but they're not getting more experienced. And I think that's something you saw in this first week here that, that made a difference in that game. The Chiefs have had a long time to think long and hard about what went wrong for them on opening night. They are still three-point favorites. Going on the road for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the number for this one is 51 and a half. Now, look... Calvin Ridley looked good. Zay Jones looked good. Trevor Lawrence played well. So, you know, I think Jacksonville, you know, went in there. Tough in-division game on the road. They came out with the W. That's all that matters. Now they go home. But, Pat, let's be honest. If the Kansas City Chiefs had stomped a mud hole like they should have in the Detroit Lions and Kadarius Tony caught anything and they won by 10 points, this would not be three. Therefore, I'm on Kansas City and I'm Kansas City right now because I think as more people have time to think about this one, I think more people are going to start to gravitate towards that idea. What do you think? Yeah, we've got Andy Reid with extra prep time. The Chiefs in a rare hole since they haven't lost a week one game since I believe 2014. So maybe a little more urgency for the Chiefs after, you know, in eight years of, of winning week one. Um, and Joe, we know which way the line is going to move if we get any positive news on the Travis Kelsey injury front or the Chris Jones contract front. Mm. So, like, suddenly well, you're but not going honestly, to... Pat, they got to the quarterback. They put pressure on Jared Goff. Like, right. you know, Nick Bolton was over there going over the top in the middle there. Like, they, it wasn't even a matter of, like, putting pressure on and Chris Jones' presence, although important on the field. It's not why they lost that game. They lost that game because just the ineptitude of the wide receiver core to get on the same page here with Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think I'm going to bet on that happening two weeks in a row, are you? Agreed. Agreed. And so get it now. But we know that the 
news on those guys would change the line, Joe. And yeah. right now you're getting them at less than, you know, less than a field goal uh, for sure. Because if you don't grab the Chiefs and Je- uh, Chiefs now at minus two and a half on DraftKings as of this morning, uh, I think it could go to four, four and a half if we know they have Kelsey and Jones. Sam, do you see things going in that same direction if you start to get better buzz as the week goes on that this number is going to grow here, especially if Kelsey's back for this one? I do think so. I, I was pretty surprised last Thursday how much the line had moved after the, the Kelsey news and then confirmation that Chris Jones wasn't going to play. I, I think individually, neither of them are worth uh, the amount of points that the, the line moved, but together they are the second and third best players on the Kansas City Chiefs. So to get potentially both of them back would be huge. I do think that Chris Jones might have the bigger impact on this game if he is able to play and I say that because the Jaguars offensive line did not look great I think one of their starters went down partway through the game I, I can't recall if he came back Sheriff but, Brandon you know, Sheriff yes yeah. yes that's it that's what I was thinking of so if Chris Jones is back I mean again we saw that Kansas City was able to have some get some pressure on Jerry Goff and Detroit has one of the best offensive lines in the league if if they're at full strength against this Jaguars team, I I think that Kansas City could just blow them away. I, I echo all of the sentiment you guys made about the drops and those being super fluky and not likely going to happen two weeks in a row. The Rams, who historically have given the 49ers fits the last few years, they are seven-point underdogs at home against the 49ers who went out there in a non-conference game on the road and beat the crap out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's be honest, that's just exactly what they did. This one's fascinating to me, Sam. The number's 42 and a half. The, the line is seven. Uh, Puka Nakua played very well. The Rams are coming off a huge road victory in their division. I love the Rams in this game. Am I wrong? I think so. I mean, it, okay. it, the the lines actually moved another point. The, the 49ers are now favored by eight points, which I think is more about confidence in the 49ers as a team then you know dis disbarring what happened with the Rams in their game I mean the defense was dominant the offense was clicking on all cylinders Brock Purdy was making some plays and so I think that again laying the points laying eight points is is going to be is a lot in a division game I think this is another opportunity to tease the 49ers down to to two points because Again, I, I say there's I don't see a situation in which the the Rams come away with a win here. Obviously, I, I think I saw said the same thing last week. About I was going to say you might have said the same Seattle, thing the last eight but, times they've met, though, because the 49ers always look like the better team on paper. And the 49ers, again, struggle against the Rams. That fits that. That's, I think, what's so important. I, this is one of those games, I think, that's really stands out to me because Matthew Stafford is not Kenny Pickett. So they're going to meet another quarterback here. It's very different. So Fitz, when you're looking at this He's game, not. do you do you think that maybe, again, this is one of those traps where we feel so good about the 49ers, we look so good in week one, but we forget, hey, this is a whole other set of circumstances, and this is a team in the Rams, Fitz, that has really given them problems over the last few seasons. Well, Joe, I went back and looked at that, and I wonder if it was maybe like earlier in the Sean McVay era that uh, the Rams were sort of had the Niners number because it looks like the Niners have won eight of the last nine in this series. And like some of those games were close. I don't know what the uh, ATS 
record would be for the 49ers. But um, yeah, I mean, like I was surprised by how well the Rams defense played against Seattle, or maybe the Seahawks offense was just that bad. And I have a hard time seeing the Rams be able to stop this 49ers offense, which looked so machine-like against a very good Pittsburgh defense they did. They did. in week one. So um, yeah, I mean, like hearing that this has gone from seven to eight, Makes me a little nervous. Like, I love, I love getting it. it at an even seven points, but push it past the touchdown. I get a little more nervous. As of now, I'm just going to lay off this game, I think. Uh, give me the Rams. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling crazy. I don't know why I'm so anti-49er this year. I don't know. Brock Purdy looked great. Everything looked great. I'm just not there yet. I need to see it again. Uh, New York, I don't know if I need to see them again. They are five-point under uh, – excuse me, five-point favorites going on the road to Arizona. Uh, that feels right. Fits. Again, I don't know if this is a game you want to get involved in uh, right here. It's 38 and a half is the number in most spots here. Some 38 as well. The Giants looked awful. They got nothing done. This is going to be a rough week for them, Fitz. Do you think they take it out on the Cardinals here? Betters were so mortified by that performance, Joe. It's already down to four and a half. Like, oh. I, I guess people are betting the Cardinals on this. But, um, man, I feel like the Giants have to bounce back, don't they? Like, that, that actually, their first drive of the game... They were going right downfield. Then, uh, what, Daniel Jones, like there was a fumbled snap or something. They got thrown back, knocked back to, uh, like, out of outside the 25-yard line, get the field goal blocked and run in for a touchdown, and everything just snowballed from there. <laughs> so, yeah. um, man, I feel like they're going to bounce back. I, I still have a lot of faith in Brian Dable as a head coach. I think he's going to circle the wagons this week and, and, you know, beat a team that we – really don't know if they actually want to win games this year with the Cardinals. I mean, they are they are all in, I think, in the Caleb Williams Derby. So, um, you know, I'm going to keep targeting the Cardinals uh, to bet against as long as the lines stay reasonable enough and we don't get into the college football realm of lines where we're seeing, you know, 20-point spreads every week. Sam, I know it was as bad as it could possibly get Sunday night, but... The, the Arizona Cardinals are also theoretically as bad as it gets. Do you think the five is actually or the four and a half now is still too much credit from what you didn't see out of the Giants yesterday? I don't think so. I think this is a good line. I made it about four points before the end of the, the Sunday night football game. I I think five is probably a good line too and, and would take the Giants here. I mean, they were playing what many pegged as the best defense in the league in Dallas coming into the season. So their struggles on offense are not as surprising as I think many people thought it was. Now, granted, their entire offense is basically Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley, but I think they'll have so much more success against Arizona's defense than Dallas's defense. I think Daniel Jones is a much better quarterback, at least right now, than Sam Howell is. And so I'd be laying the points with the Giants here. I think this is a, a buy low opportunity on the Giants and a potential for them to to bounce back in a big way. We'll see if the line changes after Monday Night Football, but Dallas is three-point favorites at home against the Jets. And as good as the Jets' defense is, with that offensive line struggling a little bit uh, in preseason, Sam, after watching Micah Parsons get to the quarterback uh, on Sunday night and watching some of the problems that they were giving Daniel Jones, 
I, I am I'm loving the Cowboys side of this game at the three at the minus one ten right now. Forty five, uh, forty five and a half, depending on the sports book. That's where the number is in terms of the total. But I I don't want to take too much out of Week One and how how good teams look or how good you know bad teams can also look, but the Dallas Cowboys defense looks like it's for real. And they were for real last year too. One of the better fantasy defenses around. Do you think that uh, this one should be this close? I do think so. I, you know, I mentioned earlier that the game tonight won't have much impact on sort of Buffalo's outlook rest of season, but I think it could change a lot about New York's outlook rest of season because again we don't know what this offense is going to look like with with Aaron Rodgers I you know the defense is supposed to be great but can they contain Josh Allen like they had in the past I think where I would attack this game is the under Aaron Rodgers is notoriously a slow (laughs) guy he drains the play clock down to the last second both of these defenses are again incredible New York has some issues on the offensive line. Dallas, I think, still wants to run the ball a bit more when they can. And so I would take under 46 if you can get that. All right. Pat, how do you feel about this one? I'm very much on the Cowboys side of this game. Uh, No matter what happens, good or bad for the Jets tonight, uh, your thoughts on Jets and uh, Cowboys. Do you see any early value? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way Sam does about this game. Like, I don't want to touch either side just yet. I, I... agree with your takes on the Cowboys, Joe. You know, I was kind of in on the Cowboys preseason and have some some futures on them to win the NFC mm-hmm. and win yep. the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I do think the Jets have... Uh, if you're going to keep giving me Jets totals in the mid-40s as we get in week one with Bills Jets and as we get in week two with Cowboys Jets, I'm going to keep pounding the under because I think the Jets might have the best defense in the league, or at least certainly right up there with Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. And as you mentioned, Joe, I mean, the Jets offensive line is a row of New York subway turnstiles. So, I mean, like, that's going to be a problem, an, Pat. This I'm is an under right team. Absolutely. With Micah Parsons. I mean, how are they going to block Micah Parsons? They're not. And and this and that's going to cause the turnovers and that's going to cause some problems. And that's why. I'm more on the Dallas side of this game than the total because I fear some of those turnovers, if they turn into points, that's going to be a problem for that total number. That could be – because look, look what happened on Sunday. Sure. I think it would be a sure. very big repeat of that. The Broncos hosting the Commanders. The Broncos are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Their home debut did not go well yesterday. Fitzy, the number's 40 for this one. I have no idea yet of who these teams really are. I'm running from this game. Yeah, one of those te- this is one of those lines, Joe. I just looked at it and threw my hands up in the air yep. like no Okay, feel for you can have it. Sam, you want anything on this one or you want to hard pass this one? I I'd take Washington and the points here. Really? I okay. mean, Denver's offense still looks out of sorts. I think Washington's defense is incredible. That defensive line, you know, was wrecking Arizona's offensive line. I don't think Denver's offensive line is is that great either. Denver's offense again, it just looks out of sorts i think there's they still have a ways to go to get to where they want to be such a low total too i think they keep this game close and have the potential to even win outright against denver all right the new england patriots are at home again two weeks in a row they are again home underdogs plus two is the number against the miami dolphins who put on a show there with tyreek hill and Tua tunga vailoa in los angeles uh, if you like the patch for the upset, plus 114 on the money line, but 45 and a half is the number for this one. Uh, Sam, do you see any early value here? 
I got to go with Miami. I mean, their offense just looked so good. New England plays a decent amount of man coverage, and I don't know that there's anyone that can can cover this Tyreek and Waddle combination. You know, it's New England's defense is great, and they they did do a lot to stifle Philadelphia's offense. But again, we saw on display yesterday what Miami's offense can do, how explosive they are. Tua was making some great throws, and I do think Miami's defense does have a little bit to, uh, of work to do. They didn't play great against the Chargers, but this New England offense is not nearly as daunting as the Chargers offense is. So I'll take the, the minus two with Miami here. All right. Well, they did hold the Eagles to one offensive touchdown. Does that matter to you at all here, Pat? Do you think Miami comes out here a little flat after a huge output last week? Yeah, Joe, I mean, you're a Patriots fan, but I can assure you I'm not just pandering to you when I say that I like the Patriots and have already bet the Patriots in this game. I just it feels like the Dolphins are getting a little bit too much credit with this line for that, you know, undisputedly impressive victory against the Chargers. And it doesn't feel like the Pats are getting quite enough credit for putting up a really good fight. As I said, they outgained the Eagles by 131 yards in that game in week one. Now Miami has to go from playing on the West Coast to playing in the Northeast. It's the NFL's hurricane season avoidance schedule. And uh, that's a pretty tough two-week opening road stretch. So I kind of like the Patriots here for a second straight week at home, regrouping after the tough loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in week one. All right, two more prime times to talk about here. The New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are at home. They are two and a half point underdogs at home to the Saints. 40 and a half is the number here. Saints defense look pretty good. Uh, this line feels about right to me. I don't see any value, Pat, but do you? Nope, no value. Uh, you know, I just don't quite believe in the Saints enough to bet them as a, a three-point road dog or road Sam, favorite. do you agree here where you're just kind of waiting and seeing with these teams a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's tough because, again, the Saints, I think, as a whole are the better team. But, man, laying three points with them just doesn't feel right at this point. All right, last one here. Pittsburgh Steelers, one and a half point underdogs. Here we go again, Sam. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are coming to town. Cleveland looked really sharp, really good. And I think Cleveland is one of those teams that needed to get off to a good start. Answer some questions about Deshaun Watson. Answer some questions about who this team is going to be and, and how they're going to play this year. They did that. But this is an in-division game. We all know you can basically just erase that again because you just never know week to week what's going to happen. 42 and a half is the number. Sam, do you think Pittsburgh rebounds? Or do you think Cleveland rolls Pittsburgh two weeks in a row? I don't think Pittsburgh rebounds, but I also don't think Cleveland rolls quite again. I mean, Cleveland's defense looked tremendous. I do think we need to give them some credits with bringing in Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator this this offseason. The Steelers' offense looked out of sorts. It, it seems like they're going to be without Deontay Johnson as well. And so I, as good as the you know Browns' offensive output was, on Sunday, Deshaun Watson still looked out of sorts. He was missing some passes, and it, it just didn't look very pretty. So I'm staying away from this game, too. I think if I was going to pick something, it would be the under right now. It looks like the line is dropping to about 40 and a half or 40 on some books, which is is low. But again, it's, it's the AFC North. I hate to pull that card, but both of these defenses, I think, can be up to the task to stop the opposing offense. 
Fitz, any input here on this one here? This is a tough one. It's a tight one. Vegas is telling you so. Oh, Joe, the Steelers hurt me so much. They turned what should have been a winning week one into a break-even week one. So um, I'm going to – maybe I'll just double up to catch up on Steelers games this week. Oh, um, there you go. You know, last week from from the Steelers' bye week on, they were sixth in the NFL in overall DVOA. And then they looked terrific in the 2023 preseason. So um, I was really surprised that they laid an egg as big as they did in week one against the 49ers. And I suspect we will not see consecutive poor performances under Mike Tomlin. That sort of thing just doesn't happen under Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. So um, I I like them to rebound against a Browns team that should come in again Joe it's the mm-hmm. formula fat and happy against very oh, yeah. angry and bitter uh, right. and I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the angry bitter team this time you should listen to Fitz Fitz is probably right I'm scared to death I need some more time to marinate on this one but again make sure you are setting those line alerts on the BP app for certain games that you have got your eye on if you want to see that line movement like we talked about Kansas City you get those game notifications that's very important go do that go download the app go sync all your sports books follow us there bettingpros.com slash Joe slash Fitz and of course slash Sam as well and Drop a comment below. What early lines do you like? We want to hear from you on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel, and you just might win yourself an Aaron Jones autographed jersey. And come bet against us with us for the good of humanity. The NFL contest is there. Again, it's free. Bettingpros.com slash NFL contest. Join. Win a bunch of free stuff there as well. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Sam and Fitz, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.